0: young people, children, choosing to do something different than what we as adults have just been thrown into or or the old ways. I see it so much in the generation of today, the millennials and those thereafter, of really claiming who they see themselves to be and, and how they don't want to be put into boxes. And it's refreshing. Hi, Vicki Robin here, host of What Could Possibly Go Right, a project of the Post Carbon
1: Institute in which we interview cultural scouts, people who see far and serve the common good, asking them all our one impertinent question. In all that seems to be going awry, what do you see on the horizon? What do you see could possibly go right? Today's guest is Toya T. Taylor, Executive Director and Founder of WeApp. Toya has used her voice to inspire audiences nationally and internationally. This year, she was featured in City Arts Magazine and the recipient of Wonder of Women Wow Award. in in 2015, she was the recipient of the National Council of Negro Women Incorporated Style and Substance Award. She's received the Education for Social Justice Award from Girls for Gender Equity Incorporated and has toured as a guest artist with the string octet, The Young Eight. Her original poems, Brooklyn Love and Blue Note Room have had classical selections composed to them that were debuted at Carnegie Hall. Toya has spoken and performed for O Magazine at the Women Rule Leadership Training Conference co-sponsored by the White House Project. She was also featured on the 35th anniversary limited edition of Interview Magazine as one of the top new artists to look out for in New York City. Dedicated to community service, social justice and the performing arts, her passion for inspiring others won her the title of Miss District Columbia, which advanced her to the 1990-2000 Miss America pageant. Toya Taylor is the first woman of color to perform oratory at Miss America pageant. Her original oratory, Wake Up, pushed the envelope by addressing the state of today's youth and resulted in accolades for best interview and talent. Toya earned her master's degree in fine arts in arts leadership from Seattle University. And now here's my really warm, Uh, conversation, not just interview, but conversation with Toya. Enjoy. Hi, Toya. Um, We just met and I was so taken by your presence beyond your mission, uh, which in itself is so moving. I'm going to read it. We app exists to cultivate inclusive and creative learning spaces that allow young scholars to deconstruct the dominant narratives by using public speaking to uplift their culture, self-authorized identities, and communities. Uh, I love everything about that. Yeah. And um, in what could possibly go right, uh, we ask of our cultural scouts people who see far and serve the common good like you um to not just not elaborate on their mission but rather to let us see through their eyes and hearts um about what or who could uh develop our own way in the world, our own mission. What could we see more clearly? Uh how could we use our voices? You know, so what we're trying to do is serve the people who are listening to this in, in the thousands, um, who are looking for um, a path through. And scouting is like standing on the hillside and looking at the horizon. So That's what we're asking of folks. Um, We want to see what you see. We want to see what you see arising, even as so much seems to be falling apart. So some might call this hope, but it's more like observation of the latent good in every person and every time in history. So things that are emerging, what are the opportunities for people of goodwill to engage with this world rather than shrink back from it? We all need to see what you, th- you see, the inspiration of self-authored identities and communities and good scouting helps us. So with all of that introduction, Toya, I offer you the question that I ask everybody in the midst of all that seems to be going awry, what could possibly go right?
0: Wow, first of all, thank you so much, Vicki. Do you remember how we met when we were at the Whidbey Institute? Do you remember our first encounter? Mm-mm. If I'm not mistaken, um, we were.
1: Oh yeah, we were walking up the road.
0: Yeah, me and Randy were walking up the road from our vehicle um, to go into the Institute and there was Vicki. And, um, you know, we, we were walking side by side and I remembered there was just this light about you and, um, you know, learning about your journey as we walked up the hill to this journey of uh, thriving communities to celebrate four amazing independent documentaries of beautiful work that's being, that's being done locally as well as on a national level. So um, it's no mistake when we meet people in our path and there's a connection and things come full circle. So I'm just really excited that you, you, you saw something in my, my journey, my message, my work, my vision, my life work. So thank you, Vicki, for having me on the show. What could possibly go right? So, you know, as easy as it sounds, it, it seems to be, it could potentially be such a loaded question. What could possibly go right? But the things that I ponder and go through my mind is, um, I'll tell you the words that that come up, is... What could possibly go right? Uh, Young people, children choosing to do something different than what we as adults have, um, you know, just been thrown into or, or the old ways, right? They get to make these decisions about who they want to be and who they choose, just self-authored identities. And I see it so much in the, the generation of today, the millennials and them, you know, those thereafter, of really claiming um, who they see themselves to be and and how they don't want to be put into boxes. And it's refreshing that... They want to exist in a world that is truly liberated and free and that they see each other. They're not afraid to talk about gender identity, culture, celebrating um, languages and beliefs or the lack of just to be able to exist. And I really um, I'm really moved by that. I'm really inspired by it in my own life being, you know, a Seattleite but raised in the South, in the deep South, where there were very defined roles of who we were or who I am as a Black person, as a Black woman um, raised by a, by a single parent mother. And so what could, go, what could possibly go right is real liberation for our children Um, and us creating a strong foundation for them to, them to climb and exist and to jump and to fly the way that they want to. I feel like what else could go right um, in my own personal life is learning to heal from trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, Doing what I need to, in order to bring it to the surface, no longer put a Band-Aid on it and figure out what is the, meti- the, the, what is the, what do I need to do? Who do I need in my life? What changes do I need to make to allow those wounds to properly heal? You know, there'll be scars, there'll be marks and that's okay. But um, I know what the root of the problem was and it is healing over time, it will fade, right? And so, um, I'm. Somebody asked me the question. They say you work with children, and you ask them to speak their truth um, and to speak with purpose. But how does that come? How is that happening in your own personal life? And I was, I was stuck. I didn't really have an answer. I see so much of what I want in myself in them that is easy for me to show up for them, but not myself. So what could possibly go right is I deal with (laughs) the things that, you know, have held me back from speaking my truth and and speaking up and really knowing um, my own self-authored identity. I I have this vision of myself and a world that I want to live in. And part of it comes from us saying less and doing more in terms of like vocal toning, people be vocal toning. So I'll explain in my mind, what vocal toning is. The way I imagine vocal toning to be and the way that I've experienced it and the way I see it in my world um, as a way for us to come together is people coming out in nature, people sitting in the grass, people sitting in places and spaces that are open and free and allowing whatever is is there to come up and it's through our voices so just as monks are able to you know use their voices to do different um, chants we are sitting as humans allowing whatever is coming up in our throat in our heart chakras to have voice but not necessarily through words through... If necessary, a laugh, through wailing, if it has to be a cry, through it could be song, but we are all putting our feelings out through sounds and allowing them to connect in ways um, that don't need words. Just needs us, just needs us to be present. And I just think there's power in that, you know. I know that there's power in gathering. Um, there's power in energy, there's power in frequency. And I, I, I just want us to <laughs> stop talking so much <laughs> and sometimes get rid of the static that's in our lives and work on the inner, this, the, the inner connection, self-reflection being vulnerable with others in a space that is brave um, and healing and allow those things just to come up Mm. and take journey, take flight, um, knowing that others around you are doing the same. And what may start out as a well, you know, um, a wailing sound or Uh, trauma may end up as a laugh you know as a warm vibration and energy that comes out but get there either way and so those are some of the things that are could absolutely 100% possibly go right absolutely 100% yeah
1: and so I think you could anticipate my next question, which is you've brought up young people, you've brought up healing trauma, you've brought up a more natural, present self expression as a longing mm-hmm. for the world you want to live in. Mm-hmm. So, where are you seeing that now? Are are you? Is it in the the sort of Fridays for the Future Greta people? Is it in performing arts? Is it in hip hop? Is it you know where do you see young people claiming their voices in a way that isn't just only fury and sort of like like stabilized fury like the fury is just sort of like a a single tone that never changes. But where do you see this? Where do you see the fluidity? Where, you know, I, I want to see what you see.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, You know, I see it, I've been a part of it. I just don't see enough of it. So yes, I see it in open mics and you know, we're, we're scholars and uh, young people or intergenerational gatherings and we're speaking our truth, right? Um, through our program, through We App, WEAP, Present and Perform, Speak with Purpose, I'm seeing it in the classroom starting to blossom. The seed is, is planted, right? Um, I just don't see enough of it. And then I see those who, that is their natural gift from the creator, that they're griots, griots, they're storytellers coming uh-huh. forth, um, you know, whether it's, it's in public or it's through a book or it's through um, the visual arts, I see it. I just don't see enough of it. And, you know, that's a, you can go down a rabbit hole that a lot of it is because, especially in the schools, a lack of funding, especially in marginalized communities um, and schools that don't have the resources. Um, but you're right. Historically, it has been through protests. It has been when young people are just can no longer, they're, they're tired of being choked. They're, tar- they're tired of being silent. Um, and they are, they are fighting for breath, that they come up and you hear their voices. Um, you hear it in healing circles, you know, in places, community spaces that are doing restorative practice and healing circles. Mm. I just want more of it. I want it to be, I want it to be lifestyle. I want it to be the everyday norm. You know, that's what could go right. That as opposed to uh, we're in this, this routine of, you know, get up in the morning, nine to five. And the thing that's most important to us is how to make a dollar. How do we why can't it just be the opposite of how do we heal each other how do we connect um through a hug you know or through a i love you i see you um yeah i just need a a, a shift i hear you <laughs> right yeah
1: i mean i, I you know I, I i was i was and probably still am Very much like that. Like I realized um, years ago I had cancer and it sort of like was a deep dive. You know, it was like it was like the escape hatch, like, sorry, I have cancer, cannot do my old life. Bye. (laughs) So and what I recognized was that I am trying energetically to uphold the world I want in the world that is. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel the world that is mm-hmm. like a pressure on me. And so I'm putting a pressure on it. Mm-hmm. I, I am creating this bubble and I'm working hard, you know, and like uh, to, um, to keep it at bay. Mm-hmm. But I think that is what you're saying, that there is an inner healing. You know, like there's these two things. I want the world to heal. And I want to heal myself in an unhealed world. Right. And I'm noticing that, that, you know, people who are leaders who are activists are being more honest about their personal need to heal. Absolutely. And um, so where are you finding spaces of that kind of healing where, you know, where do you see evidence of that, of a, you know, back in the women's movement, it was the personal, personal as the political, but the here it's more like the healing of self is the healing of the world, but it's, it's personal and not an impersonal or transpersonal. Yeah. So anyway, that's just a little pot stirring there to see what else um, you might say about that, about the healing self, healing the world, where you see that happening.
0: What are, where do I see self-healing happening? <laughs> you know, I make sure I want to talk to you about um, my vision for each one, teach one global citizen academy, which is a boarding school. I don't I don't give voice to that enough. Right. But know that it's part of my journey in life It's part of my blueprint. Um, so I definitely want want to. That's one of the things that I see to be right with the world, right? Give voice to that. you're
1: talking about wanting to give voice to the thing that's arising. If you want to give voice to it, give voice to it.
0: No worries. No worries. So, you know, I, for, I would say the last 10 years, it has been put on my heart. Now I'll say this. I don't do anything that I am not moved by my ancestors, my creator to do. Um, I, I take great honor in the fact that people see me to be an activist and people see me to be very active in my community, but I'll be honest and transparent in saying it's not always because I want to, right? It's because I'm moved to, and I don't, I have to be obedient in that way. It's part of my life work. So each I say that to say each one, Teach One Global Citizen Academy was put on my heart To create, develop, and establish. Now, when will it happen? (laughs) The, the, the imperfect, imperfect side of me and the human side of me is like, I don't know how to do, I, I don't know how. But each one teach one is going to happen. It's each one teach one global citizen academy boarding school for children of all backgrounds from all communities, all cultures. Classism is not a thing. Racism is not a thing because we are living together, eating together, bonding together, growing together, educating ourselves together. So it's a space and a place. It's a community where children are, it's a boarding, it's called a boarding school because we live there together. Um, You know, the, the things that I have to work out and understand is can I, is it a school if children are there from the ages of, 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 being toddlers, right? So from third grade, fourth, I mean, excuse me, the age of three or four, or do we start at five? But my thing is a lot of times the trauma is already there, even by the age of five so, for so many children, right? Depending on the environment that they've grown up in or what they've been exposed to. So it's on my heart, that parents are involved, family members are involved, guardians are involved, but they trust that we have created a system, a community that is organic, that is healthy, that is loving, that is project-based learning, that is about exploration for children, and that we like very much like Montessori, they go at their own pace, to explore the world that they're in. They're growing their own food, learning about agriculture. They're learning at least two languages. We are bringing in teachers, educators, people who love nurturers from around the world to build and develop these global leaders. And Mm. that is what I, that is my life work. Each one, teach one. Each one, teach one to create global citizens Mm. because for too many of my babies and children, they can't see past their block. They can't see past the the fact they have an individual education, individualized educational plan that says that they can only learn this, you know, to this, to this extent. They've been marginalized. They've been, because of systemic racism, they have been put in these boxes that no one deserves to be in is not the natural way of who we are. And so um, my mentor said, Toya, come with me. This was just yesterday. And we went to a church, a Holgate Church. It's a black church, African-American church in the central district where the pastor has over 6,000 square feet of space that he wants community to utilize. And, you know, my my mentor was like, Toya, can you feel the vision here? You may not know how to start, but this is a start. Start small, allow the community to understand, to hear your story, to listen. And then we build together a blueprint in which we build a home, you know, an educational um, mecca for children. Wow. And so that's a thing that I I feel a possibility, a real strong possibility of what should go right.
1: Right. And and it's because it's been put on your heart by a a power higher than yourself. You know, we often, you know, people in, in, in religious communities often say it is done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it already is, and so we're just charged with, you know, filling in, mm-hmm. you know, putting, putting, putting our 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 skills and our communities into something that has been put on our hearts. So I think it's, I think there's something sort of like a a bridge thing between, you know, just a. A happy vision of a happy world, you know, where everybody's free and liberated, and something that is has has come to you and won't leave you.
0: Mm-mm.
1: Yeah. I've I've, ta- I've said, you know, there's several times in my life where I say, I feel like God picked me up by the scruff of the neck,
0: mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and
1: placed me somewhere. And I, you know, I get to use your word, I was obedient to it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was also complex and failed, and you know, projecting my own ego and thing. I mean, I I, I did the whole human thing, but uh, so I I hear that it, it reminds me actually of the summer camp I went to in in the nineteen fifties. Wow, where my my parents were quite you know they were upper middle class, but they had a conscience and they put me in an interracial very unique interracial summer camp Mm. and I went there for three summers as a camper and two as a counselor because I couldn't get enough of it but it was democratically run and you know so there was in the midst of a very traditional decade Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um so I think about summer camp, you know, there's, I think about, there's this thing called the semester at sea, you know, where students get on a boat and they travel around the world for a year. So they're in a community. It's not, it's not like there isn't a blueprint that's coming out of human history, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, it's, it's like they talk about ancestors, you know, these are, these are some of your ancestors. So I think that's amazing. Do you see um, from your perch a a greater longing for healing in the black community than whites? I mean, do you feel this sort of uprising of where something greater than what we've been given and we're sort of not going to take it anymore. We're going <laughs> to, here comes the cat. She can't stay away from you. Um, yeah. So that's just, I mean, just, you know, I know that's a sort of racialized comment, but I mean, I, I feel some from what you're saying, that communities of color are, are self-authorizing self-authoring now mm-hmm. is that, do you see that?
0: Yes, I do, I do. I I see it, you know, it's been well over 400 years. Um, Many of us went to the year of return in Ghana. And the year of return was in 2019 that marked over uh, 400 years since the first enslaved Africans left the Gold Coast, left the coast of Ghana. And over a million people, um, you know, throughout 2019 went. to understand our stories connect with the spirits there um, to be intentional about what is to come right mm. and so you know it was a healing for us it was a um, for the you know just reconnecting with our culture it was really Connecting the dots between the African diaspora overall and how we are all connected in so many ways—we are stronger together than we are apart. And I, you know, there were conversations that that were come that come from that, and now we're talking about intergenerational wealth, collective power, and collective purpose. Um, you know, just like with the Holgate Church, a pastor saying, "Let's come together." I have the space. You have the programming. Let's start to, let's start to dream. And beyond dream, let's start to put things in place. So yeah, I do believe that um, I'm seeing parents showing up in the school systems and saying you will, no, you will no longer treat my children this way. You will not have my child or label them as a behavioral you know problem. Um, no, my child is unique as all children are, and it ne- needs to be heard we're going to advocate for them. And so are you, because it's your job. Mm -hmm. I'm hearing that more, you know, and even parents who now, you know, um, since COVID, there are a lot of parents of color who aren't allowing their kids to go back to school. And they've created their own, you know, homeschooling systems or are saying that our children will will be a part of this system uh, remotely. But they're not going back into a building until we feel our children are safe. Are mm-hmm. safe. And so I what I do hear, Vicky, and see is people being vocal, but also more action. More action being put in place, which is important. And you know, in my community, and I say it all the time, I say we really need to be talking about reparations and what that looks like and how that, that happens and how that comes to fruition. Free college tuition for all students of you know African descent and background are from this country. Um, you know, What do we need in order to buy homes so we're no longer being pushed out? What does that look like and what do we need to be asking for so that we can create generational wealth and keep homes in our family and leave something to our children? You know, that's the conversation I want to have. So that's another thing that could possibly go right is let's start talking about reparations and then what needs to happen for it to actually come to fruition.
1: Yeah. What I'm hearing from you, you know, the the my little nugget of taking away, there's so many nuggets here, but that a vision rooted in in injustice, mm-hmm. in the right relationship of all things in this world,
0: mm-hmm. the
1: healed relationship of all things in this world, not everybody the same, but everybody being able to play their part, they their, you know, follow as the indigenous people say their original instructions, that holding a vision is actually one of the things that is, that seeds rightness in this world. You know, we, we can be very dismissive of visions, like, "Well, that's just a vision." Right. But a vision is a being.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's a being, <laughs> and um, and it has a rightful place. So, um, I wonder if you have any final words, uh, any wrap up, anything that you occurs to you now, because um, I think we're coming to a close.
0: Right. Yeah. And, you know, I I just, I want to add to, you know, what else could possibly go right as we talk about reparations is um, free health care for people, for Black people, you know, considering all we've been through in this country, for this country to be what it is, to thrive. Um, so that that's the other thing a wrap up to this beautiful, beautiful conversation. I will say this, Vicki, you and I have to, I just want to talk with you. I know. I just want to talk <laughs> with you. And so yeah. um, let's definitely continue to just, it, it's not even dream. It's creating the, 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 um, the vision board. It's then talking about now, what do we need to establish the, the blueprint? And now what are the materials?
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, um, That's right. That build this, this home and this community and this these beautiful things. So um, the wrap-up, I'm work in progress. I don't do the work of we App speak with purpose or the dream of each one teach one by myself. And I am learning to give voice to those things and be unapologetic about it. You know, when we were at Whitby Institute, um, for the first, that was my first time there. And I'm looking out in, in this beautiful space and place that has been built. And I'm saying to myself, why can't I ask someone, would you want to invest in giving land so that we can create an each one teach one? You know? Similar to a Whitby Institute. I just need to ask. I just need to plant the seed for those who want the same change. Um, you know, we're all on that same path together. So let's build together. And so th- that's where it is for me dealing with my own trauma, um, being proactive about that so that I can show up my best self to do this work that I have been assigned to do assigned to do even when i don't feel like it the 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 hopes of what to co- are to come are greater than the sum of me as an individual mm. so that's it it's it's a beauty it the world is a beautiful place it can be right and i just think we need to work together to make that happen that's a wrap <laughs> oh. <laughs> thank you
1: that is so beautiful toya thank you so so much for joining me in this inquiry and joining everybody who's listening so thank you hey thanks for listening don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review so that this hopeful message can get out to more people check out post carbon institute's resilience website for show notes and for more guest information Thanks also to Asher Miller, Amy Beringrude, and Clara Winter of Post Carbon Institute, plus production assistant Michelle Wig from frugalityandfreedom.com.